Here is a surprise episode for you all. Doing this podcast, like many others do podcast, I get sent loads of info blurbs about new films and screeners. I get them too. I get it quite a fair bit. It's a little bit of a perk of the job. I love it. A lot of people that have been doing it for years sort of hate that stuff. But yeah, I like being bombarded by like indie filmmakers, big filmmakers, whatever it is. PRs, send me the lot. But the thing is, sometimes I just actually prefer to discover films on my own. So when I get the opportunity to either interview someone or to watch a film in advance, I tend to just let it slide and I wait because I'm a fan, just like you. But one did pop into my inbox recently regarding an upcoming UK release called The Civil Dead. Now, I'd heard about this one from a couple of friends of mine. So yeah, big up Beth and big up Richard. Nice! Thank you! Now, they'd seen this film at a festival ages ago in America, but they highly recommended it to me because it's a horror-tinged comedy that I might actually like. And for those that listen to this thing regularly, I tend to not like anything that's got humour injected into it. On the whole, my sense of humour when it comes to film just isn't very conformative, except for maybe Spinal Tap and anything Leslie Nielsen's in. Uh, Apart from that, Not really, but as I say, when I got this email with a a potential screener in it for The Civil Dead, well, I bit the bullet, of course. I said, yeah, I'll watch that. And I thought, yeah, that's a pretty cool film. And then over the next few days is one of those that just sticks with you. And it's still sticking with me right now. I can't wait to see it again. So that's the end of that part of the story. On a different kick, well, I've been putting together this big hitter episode for 1968, which is going to appear in your feeds on March the 1st, but I did need one more guest, so I asked that very PR if either of those two stars of The Civil Dead, well, they might be interested in coming on and chatting with me about any movie from 1968, and would you believe it? The response was that there was a slot left in their schedule for a chat, and both of them would chat with me about 2001 A Space Odyssey for the Sci-Fi Corner segment of that upcoming show. And now, it's all in the bag. I've done it. Here's the thing, though. I'm releasing this here episode on January the 20th, so if you're listening to this on the day of release, well, The Civil Dead is in UK cinemas as of yesterday. You can go out and you can watch this thing right now. And I suggest you do. So to cash in on such a coup and to profess my love to these two guys, well, I'm going to cut the 1968 chat in half. So today I've presented for you the civil dead part of this chat. And then when we get to the 1968 Big Hitter episode, well, I'm going to drop the uh, 2001 chat in there. So, with little more to do, little more to say, here is Clay Tatum and Whitmer Thomas, writers, stars, and of course Clay is also the director of this thing. It's a movie they've called The Civil Dead. And before we get into that chat, here's that letterbox synopsis. A misanthropic, struggling photographer just wants to watch TV and eat candy while his wife is out of town, but... 
when a desperate old pal resurfaces, his plans are thwarted with spooky consequences. Any photo gigs, and yeah, that sucks. Just promise you'll try to go outside, take some photos, be inspired. Right, okay. Play? What? I didn't recognize you, man. Yeah, sorry, I have a new haircut that I... It looks cool, you look like a guy in a band. Oh, thanks. Yeah, let's keep hanging out, man. Okay, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Want a beer? Hey, I know this is awkward, but I need you to leave. I can't leave. Um, what do you mean by this? What are you saying? What are you telling me? Think I'm dead. Think I'm a dead ghost. Dude, I know this sounds insane. Go. I'm sorry. I don't really know what to do with myself. Maybe I'm here to help you, fix you in some way. There's nothing to fix here, man. I'm good. I've been following you around for a week now, man. You're a loser. Okay, well, I got an idea. What's wrong with you? I just lied to my wife. I need to slowly work you into my life. Um, actually, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Where you are you guys going? Maybe I could just down. sit with you. I hate that you think I'm scared. You're haunting me like Casper the damn ghost. Casper is a friend. Okay, I'll admit that wasn't the best reference. But you gotta admit, on the scale of scary shit that's going on right now, this isn't that bad. Thanks, pal. First of all, Clay. Whitmer, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us, my man. How you doing? I'm proper excited. I watched your film the other day, and uh, I thought, yeah, it's pretty good. Moved on. I normally watch a couple of films a day. I can't stop thinking about it now. Um, oh, that's great. It's a week later. You know, sometimes films just stick with you. It's so esoteric, so weird, so odd. I just can't get it out of my head. So first of all, just want to say thank you. For having an impact on me it's so rare these days oh that's great thanks man what it's about man um, so to describe this to a friend this is what i would say and after i just want to know what you would say you've been through this interview thing for, for quite a while now um so you must have your patter down but i would say it's a ghost movie without being a horror movie i would say it's a buddy movie without like a friendship bond being formed that's what i would say <laughs> yeah. what would you say that's way better than anything we could say. Yeah, we can. We we keep on writing movies that we can't like describe in a in a clear sentence. That's so annoying for us. Um, I would the way that I would I would keep on bringing it up is just like it's a, a horror movie about a ghost where instead of haunting you, he annoyed you, which is like the quickest way that I can describe it, but it kind of doesn't get it across everything. And I say, cable guy with a ghost. Yeah, which is even shorter. <laughs> I've also really loved the poster and it's really important to me, like the aesthetics away from the film uh, when dealing with it, like the light blue sky, the clouds, that artwork. Were you involved in that? That was like, that was a process me and Wit uh, worked on for a long, long time. We had like a temporary posters for festival runs that we were, we liked aesthetically, but we knew for a fact that it wasn't getting across what we wanted to get across and, um it took us like actually multiple months to land on that poster um it was like really really hard 
Yeah, our friend uh, Brianna Miller did that. She does a lot. She did my album artwork, and she's done a lot of cool stuff like that. And we just kind of told her, you know, here's this uh, movie. And then she immediately came back with like, oh, you could do like a Mikey and Nikki kind of movie poster. And that's one of our favorite movies. And I was like, oh, shit. And then she really just sent us that back after a little while. And the only thing that we had to tweak on on that poster was to try to make our faces look more handsome because uh oh, she sent back doesn't pull any punches dogs <laughs> similar faces just uh there's a lot more where there's a few other ones where i look a lot more dead um, no yeah um but uh she crushed it and we were were just stoked on all that happy that we had like a cool poster yeah, yeah but it was a fight for us it, it took a long time for us to lean on that what i'm really keen on is like the costume designs here now i tried to look this up and i found a name casey bergens is that right yeah mm -hmm. what's with the purple coat <laughs> well you get to it eventually you learn but uh i don't want to give it away but uh we yeah. wanted something for sure that would stand out on frame one like just seeing it just being like something's off with this guy and we couldn't land on what that was we were like, well, it could be just like uh, he's wearing a, a suit that looks a certain way. We could never land on anything until Whit pitched the idea of like how you kind of figure out where it all comes from. Um, and then we're like, oh, well, that's perfect because then you can use this color and then that will be that kind of will set off the you know alarms of like something's not right with this guy. Like this outfit is definitely something's going on with him. Yeah, and it was fun. Casey pulled a ton of different purple longer coats and jackets and things and it was cool to get to find the the exact good one and then that one that i'm wearing in there actually was kind of a mistake though because it's like made out of a nylon material and so it's not good for sound so every time i would walk it'd be like <laughs> so when you see me in the movie know that i'm burning hot because i'm having to wear a sweater and a cardigan under that <laughs> jacket yeah. so that it doesn't and then the mic is under that, so you can't hear the sound when I'm walking. And did you have several of them? Was it, Did you have to have a range of them? Oh, no, we just had the one. And, uh, and yeah, it was, uh, we didn't have that kind of money. Yeah. That's risky. I want to talk about the haircut scene. Uh, was that all you, Clay? <laughs> was it mm -hmm. just completely like that was already on the page? Yeah, that was a. I read a an interview with this comedian named Thomas Lennon. Uh, he was he was in Reno nine one one, and he was the guy that wore the really short shorts in it. And he was saying, "I wore the short shorts because it made my acting a lot better. Because when you're already like removing all vanity and looking funny already, you kind of like land in the you you commit to the character harder. And I wanted to, I've always wanted to do a version of that. And I saw a haircut um on youtube where this guy had this haircut and it worked for the guy and i was like oh maybe this could work for me and instantly knowing that haircut would not work for me and i was like oh that's a funny character trait of a guy thinking he can pull this off or want to do something to stand out to get more more jobs uh, but it did looking that fucking stupid did make me act i feel like better than i could because i feel i felt more committed to the role you took it wasn't a wig i take it you just took that home with you and you you were out with that raw 
Oh, yeah. And we also did a lot of pickup sh shots. And we wanted to edit the movie first and then do the pickups to know exactly what we needed. So the, through the whole process of editing, I had to have that haircut. Yeah. I love that haircut. <laughs> it's so good. It, it makes me instantly think of uh, around my college days of the emo scene and just like people trying to pop out and like stand out one one weirder cut than the other. And eventually oh, yeah. that. And it got even better the longer it got. I oh, wish yeah. that... like the, there's some but pickup it... shots where my hair is a lot longer and it really, I really look like a demented beetle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask, what was the point of this film uh, where you thought, ah, do you know what? This, this is the scene. This is actually working. Um, whenever I do anything creative, I'm always trepidatious. And then there's always this moment where you go, ah, no, this does work. Was there that moment for you? Yeah, I thought there's a moment where I, the whole movie rests on me and Wit's relationship. There's two parts that I thought it was re working really well. There's a scene where I walk out the trash and Wit is talking to me in a certain way, and we did this like this tracking shot. And I watched that back, and I and I finally saw us like interacting all in one frame. And I was like, oh, this actually works. Like this for me works in a way and it was very relieving. And that was like the first scene. And that was maybe the first or second day me and Wit were working or filming together. Got it. Okay. Was, um, was there a scene for you that was like that? I was probably uh, when we were filming uh, this scene in the car before we go up to the mountains and uh, we've tried to film it and it wasn't really working. Then we tried it and we were running out of light. So we tried it the next day and we were just being goofy and talking about, uh, I don't know directions and I'm not Leonardo da Vinci. And we were kind of making each other laugh. And then I was like, Oh yeah, this is going to be funny. This is cool. Yeah. For me, the moment where it really clicked and it really worked was with getting locked in the car or just in the car and can't get oh, yeah. out and just, uh, Clay's attitude of like just turning around and going in I think yeah. it was so perfectly timed and I, as I say Thanks. it's one of those bits that I just can't get out of my head like it's instantly you know like how this film's going to be landing from here on in so without spoiling you went there with the ending like there's no sort of happy ending with this and, and you really went for it now how soon in the process of writing this thing did you know that that's how you wanted to end the film i knew when i thought of the like initial like premise within the first five minutes of me thinking that premise uh just thinking of the story in my head it led me to that direction and that was the only thing that like made the movie interesting to me like the idea of a ghost like annoying you instead of haunting you is a really cool idea and i think it works in a comedy sketch but i don't know if it really can hold a movie but the fact that that ending arose i thought was really like uh, something it, it's something that i would like um wrestle with uh doing that to someone um and i was like well that's like interesting for me and that's what made the movie the movie is the whole ending so i think the ending really came you know before i was even serious about um wanting wow. to make something like this yeah uh, that's interesting, like, because I would be so tempted to have a, a feel-good 
you know, <laughs> feel <Yeah>. good. <laughs> just just to make the people that are financing it just to have a bit of relief. But no, you're just going to go there and you're going to stick with your guns. I love that from the moment one. That's great. They did like the people that finance it did what, what they were like. You know, we could shoot alternative endings, and I, we were like, no, 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 we have to commit <laughs> ourselves to this. Guys, thanks for coming on. Um, very final thing. Uh, Whitmer, just name a track off your album that you would like me to play out with. Oh, that's nice, pal. Um, I would probably go with, uh, there's a one on there called Big Truck. Big Truck. There we go. There we go there it is so yeah many thanks to clay tatum and whitmer thomas thoroughly enjoyed that one as i say it's not something i normally do but when i want to shout something out when i think it deserves it well yeah i'm gonna put it up there so yeah many thanks for coming on the show and discussing it with me anyway next week we've got brendan from the band uniform he's coming on to chat with me all about the 1979 classic phantasm until then i'll see you later buckaroo